Welcome to Tame the Circus Brain. Hey, you guys. I'm excited to have this conversation today. I feel like this is such an honor and a privilege for us to gather together and talk through some of these topics. And so I just want to talk today about checking your motives. This is something that I've gotten to learn as I've gone along with a heart to help people and sort of it can dip into people pleasing, but I've definitely worked feverishly on that and checking really the heart of my intentions with the decisions that I make. So let's talk about that. A few years ago, I started speaking and mentoring and developing a group of people. And I've talked about this on and off through the years. It was right after college. So it was like three years ago, guys. (laughs) Just kidding. But it was a little bit ago and it was a a season that I came home from college and kind of partnered with my parents and started really focusing on what they were working on. And I started developing a group of people and pouring my life into them, which I found out later ended up developing the base for my team that I have now, which is we've done a lot of life together. It's been a while. So uh, it was a huge privilege and an honor. But I remember I had been with them for about seven years, some of them their whole lives because we all grew up in church together in a community together. And so some of them I've known literally since they were born, which is a very bizarre and shocking and unique set of circumstances that I feel very thankful to get to experience. So love love them like with all my heart. You know what I'm saying? Like you love them from from literally the the beginning of the the time that they're born. So then they were with me. Then we would do all kinds of activities together, youth retreats, huge events. We'd call it huge speakers and do concerts and all kinds of fun stuff. And we had a blast. We experienced a lot of highs and lows together in life. And then I felt like I was supposed to move to Nashville. So all of a sudden I had this like internal I don't want to call it trauma, but it was shocking. I was like, what, what's going to happen with all my people? This this is my crew. These are my people. This it's like, imagine being a teacher in a school with the same group for like their whole life. (laughs) I mean, some of them, it was literally from, from the beginning. And then some, I just spent really crucial years with in times that were really important to both of us, to all of us, you know, but meaning like, We came together in important times in our lives and had really wild experiences. So then all of a sudden it was like, now it's time for you to go somewhere else. I'm like, wait, well, are they coming with me? It's like, no. Well, wait, are they going to be okay? Well, yeah, they're going to be okay. They're going to be better than okay. And I just had this very unique internal process where I had to start realizing I am not the savior of the universe. I am not in charge of everybody's destiny. I am wanting everyone to be okay without me. And I I had a shifting in my heart, a paradigm shift where I didn't even realize how much I love to be the hero. I didn't even realize, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts about sprouting the cape and like saving the day and how really that's not what your role is in some settings. Well, I ended up learning to detach. It's sort of almost like pulling up my anchor where I had parked in somebody's life. And I learned the process of just being like, listen, 
I love you if you're doing great. I love you if you're doing terrible. <laughs> I love you, but I got to keep going. And so this was one of the hardest seasons of my life. And it's something that I feel good about now in my life. But there was definitely a season that I felt tormented about leaving the ones I love. I still love them, so I'm not going to say loved, even though that's like the appropriate tense. Anyway, people, this was like gut-wrenching for me. And there were a few of them that I was like, oh, God, what's going to happen? This is horrible. And I learned the art of just kind of trusting and moving forward and learning that, you know what? I have to learn that I'm here for a while and I'm probably just passing through. I read some kind of thing somewhere. Isn't this funny? This is how I do a lot of my quotes, but I speak so off the cuff that I can't even prepare to gather my resources because honestly, we're just having a conversation in my living room and everything just kind of comes out of my heart and my mind. Uh, and that's how I like it. And that's how I work the best. So if I like get myself all prepared with all my books around me, I start speaking out of a different place and I want to just keep it really raw. That's my goal and my intention. Because I feel like that's my most effective method for me. So I read somewhere about how there are pioneers and there are homesteaders. There are these people that are meant to like pave the way and they keep moving forward and they're not really settled and they keep going. They're settled in their traveling, you know, through life. And then there are people who are uh, homesteaders that are really like rooted and they are creating the meals and they're creating the atmosphere and they're keeping the family moving and they're they're creating sort of like a, a home base and a steady environment. And I would love to think that I'm a homesteader because I feel cozy and warm and maternal and nurturing, but I'm like, I got to go. Like I do my job and then I got to go. So it's an interesting thing that's going on in me all the time. But a lot of my jobs are, oh, you know, 12 year long assignments 15 year long assignments. This hasn't been, you know, a couple years and then we uproot. And I'm not talking about wanderlust because that's a totally different thing where people just love traveling and love never feel settled. So they long for something more. That is not how I feel. I love traveling. I'm honored to travel. I love seeing the world. I get inspired, but I'm here for a much deeper cause. Like there's a much deeper thing going on in my drive to achieve and to accomplish. It's all about imparting, impacting anything I have, anything I have to offer. But that's my heart. I'm like a coach, a teacher, a, a big sister, a little sister, a trainer, somebody that feels very strongly about bringing others up around me and letting people learn from my own mistakes. And so just talking really honestly and and not only mistakes, but just sort of through my self-care and learning how to take care of myself and what I really need and all that kind of stuff, I realize not many people do this. Not many people do the hard work internally in order to lead a very peaceful life. Not many people do it. And so I'm willing to put the hard work in and I think, hey, we can all do this. Let's go together. What do you know? This is what I know. Let's grow. Anyway, basically what I'm saying is I feel like so many of us are helping other people and developing other people or contributing our lives to other people. And, and I've just learned to check my motives. I've learned to go to the root of it. Like 
there will be people that'll call me late at night. And there was a season that I was always reachable. Like you could always get a hold of me. And then I learned I can't sleep. I've got, it's like basically airport sleep where, you know, you have to be at the airport early. So you have one eye opened and you're like, you know, ready to jump out of bed at any second. Oh, that is no way to sleep. That's no way to live. And I've lived years like that before because I was people's first phone call. It was a lot of people's first phone call for a long time, which that was a great season of my life. But I learned in order to reach the ones I'm supposed to get to, I've got to take care of myself so I have something to offer. And it's pretty exhausting when you're in a 911 situation, taking care of fires and emergencies around your life. And so I'm just hearing from different friends and different family and different people around me that people are making these decisions to go save the world. And it's this whole hero thing that I'm watching a lot in the next generation and just watching around me. And it's not new. It's been around forever. I've I've had conversations about this in Egypt with with people in, all over the world, really, of these the same dialogue that's happening where people are wanting to do non-for-profit work, which is great. I do non-for-profit work. It's great. It's awesome. But it's not because it makes me feel so good about myself. It used to be, and in seasons it has been. And I'm not saying that that's super bad because I think contributing to the ones around us really does set a precedent and create a priority. But what is your motive? I'm just like constantly checking my motive. Like at the grocery store, they're like, do you want to give that one extra dollar in the, you know, in the line at the grocery store? I'm like, no, I'm not here to publicly not be shamed in front of the cashier. I'm not here to like, I'm not here to prove a point. I'm in private doing all kinds of things for people. And I think that it's so cool that way. And of course, there's some things that people do need to see just to know that we can do things together. We, we have different programs that I'm a part of, of like build a bag where you build a bag of groceries for a family. And that's through, you know, an awesome organization. And we do love the neighborhood and you pass it all out in the neighborhood before a, a holiday. That's a very cool, rewarding thing. And I think it's really important to do things like that and especially do it in front of your kids. It's really important for them to see action that way because it can't just be like, I gave it all online and did it all in secret. Okay, that's great. But you do a lot of other things in public. You got to make sure you're balancing it out with them getting to see, listen, I'm living my life constantly for others because they're seeing you get up and work out all the time. That's good. You need to take care of your body. But it's the balance of the rhythm of life that it's like I do for, I've taken care of myself. I do for myself. I do for other people. I take care of this. So it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. It's all about the motives of the heart. Are you trying to be a hero? Are you trying to be a savior? Because you don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. You don't know where you fit. Is it, is it, I'll feel better about myself if I save the day or I'm going to give you a gift and, and I'm going to give you a ton. Is it a clean gift? Is it like freely? I give freely. I receive, I give this to you. I freely give this into your life and I'm open to receive anything from anyone. And, and I don't have the pride that stops me from get, receiving it. You know what I mean? Or are you giving it and then, then you expect something in return or you expect a change in the relationship or you expect a dynamic shift where all of a sudden you're in a different paradigm, you're in a different position with a person. Are you giving with motives or giving with weird motives? Because it's good to give with some motive of like, I have a motive to bless you. I have a motive to enrich your life. 
or something like that. But are you having a kickback? Are you having an idealistic version of what will happen once you give? And then when that doesn't happen, you're disappointed and you're secretly mad at the person or disappointed that the person didn't react the way you wanted them to. I remember one time I was really trying to save the day in the situation. I felt like it was my responsibility. My brother was coming to see me. I've used this story a few times because it was a very pivotal time for me. I had just met a guy named Coach Joe who was teaching me all these things about internally kind of examining yourself and how you are the only one that can truly know yourself or something. It, it just was a fascinating time having these conversations with him and me kind of on the hunt to get down to the basics of who I am, what I'm driven by, what my motives are, where I'm going. It was a really important time. And in that season, my brother came to see me and we had a strategic trip that was a powerful turning point for me. It really was because I was looking for areas to change. I was living away from my family for about five years. And so anytime I was kind of faced off with the ones I started with, you kind of go back to your fundamental elements. I don't know how it happens, but it does. And so I was with him and I started seeing weird things I was doing. And one of them is that I was trying to save the day. He had just had a traumatic situation happen in his life. And I had worked overtime to like cook all this food. I literally had chocolate on his pillow. I bought a fan because he sleeps the best with a fan. I did all this stuff. And I wanted him to be like what I would do. Wow, this is incredible. I can't even believe you did all this stuff for me. Like that's what I was wanting. That's what I was expecting. That's what I was thinking he would do because that's what I would do. And remember, we judge everyone through our own motives and our own intention, our own personalities, our own experiences. So I'm expecting him to act like me. Now I'm not doing this as much. And he was like, cool, thanks. And then I like put the spread before him. Kingston, here I made you all this food. I'm so excited to give it to you. Thanks, Charles. Um, I I can feel his hesitation. Do you, do I like, ha do I have to eat it? Well, no, aren't you hungry? Well, I'm hungry, but I sort of in my head thought we would go out to eat. And for whatever reason, that wasn't on my radar because for me, serving him, loving him is cooking for him. So I was like, oh, sure. No, we can leave. We can leave. No problem. And I was like being passive aggressive and shoving it down and not communicating my true feelings, trying to protect him. But really, it all gets weird unless I can really truly get over it. It gets weird because you start acting weird from like, and you're, no, no, it's fine. It's really fine. And your voice is higher and your face is weird and contorted because you're holding in your feelings. So I just went with it. And then I just remember one thing after the next, he's like, I, I thought that we, you know, we could do this, but I, you said I could do whatever I want. You wanted me, you know, you wanted us to do whatever I wanted to do. But then you also have all these secret things you really want me to do. And it was like, I do? It's like, yeah, I, I could feel it. And it was like, I do. You're right. I do. So I worked on that and I started realizing what are the motives of my heart? I wanted to be a great sister. I wanted to save the day. I wanted to contribute. In my mind, it was completely pure, which I still think it was pure motives. I wanted to help him. And I wanted to do my part. And I take my role as a big sister. I'm the oldest one in the family. I never had an older sibling. I always wished I had one. So when I became a sister, I took it on as like, 
I'm putting the flag on the moon. Like it is such an important job. I have the most special assignment in the world, which is to be this older sibling of these three people. And so I took it on as a, as a kid and I still take it on the same way. It's one of the honors of my life. So I was like, look at all these amazing things I did to help you with your situation. And he's like, cool, thanks. I appreciate it. These things aren't really helping my situation. <laughs> these are the things you're doing to make you feel like you're helping my situation. And they're the things you really thought would help my situation, but they are not translating. And he didn't say it like that, but that's, I finally got it. So I realized that really hurt me. Then I realized, why does it hurt me? It hurts me because it makes me feel like I failed. It hurts me because one of then one of my primary identifiers as a person was saving the day. That is no longer one of my go-tos. Now I'm like, I'm operating on a much different level with the things that I'm doing. I want them to have a reach and an impact on a much greater scale. These conversations I'm having with you are conversations I have had with tens, twenties, thirties, um, hundreds and thousands for years. And now I'm having them with tens of thousands around the world because this is a much more efficient process for me to download my heart. And I'll still do the live settings. I'll still do the one-on-one. -on -one. I'll still do the 40 people in a room when I'm supposed to. But now this is what I'm supposed to do is show, share these truths with you because all these years I've been sharing them into small groups or big groups. It depends how you see it. Thousands of people. That's a, a big gathering. But I know that this is supposed to be in the homes of more people. And I finally figured that out. And so I'm now living a life where I am trying to serve the people where it really gets to your own heart. I've tried, I've been trying to figure out how does the stuff that's in me that has been impacting these other people help you on the level it's supposed to. And you have that. Other people have that. I believe you walk out of your house and you have people that you're supposed to, to impact. You go to Starbucks, you give somebody a 20, you pay for the people behind you, you compliment the person if it's genuine and sincere and from your heart and you look at them in the eyes and you ask them how they're doing and you put your phone down and you have a moment with people and you interact and every one of those moments means something. And I believe that with all of my heart. I really do. I believe every one of us have impact everywhere we go. Is it positive or is it negative? It's up to you. So many of us are so in our own heads and I've gone years like this. I am very much a people person, as you can see. However, I've, I've definitely become more withdrawn in other ways so I can make a bigger impact. If I go lose all my energy today running around saying hi to a million people, am I meeting their needs or am I meeting my needs? Maybe a little bit of both. But if I can save some of that energy, go to the places only I need or know I'm supposed to go to. And then I save that energy and put it into our conversations or the other project I'm working on right now that I cannot wait to tell you about. Then it has a much bigger reach. And I just started thinking, I want to not serve people in the way I demand to serve them. Like, I want to give you this food because it'll heal your soul. Instead, he's like, I'd like to like experience the cool restaurants and go around town. Is that okay? Oh, yeah, sure. And it's like, oh, sure. It's like, no, of course that's okay. I'm here. I really genuinely want you to have the experience that will mean the most to you. I just thought I knew what that meant because I know what means the most to most guys, which is food. That's how I was taught. 
My my mom is from the South. We we feed you know we feed each other. We feed people. That's like something I was raised to do. So I'm learning. I don't give a gift with a weird motive behind it. Uh, freely I give. If I'm going to give a present, it's not going to have strings attached. If I'm going to um, give something I'm not going to expect, now we're going to be close because I gave this to you. So now I think that we're going to have a new level of friendship because we're, you're in this certain sphere. It's weird. Let things be as they're meant to be. Let it all go as it's supposed to, not as we demand for it to or force it to. It's so awkward. And check the motives of your heart. Why are you going on this trip? Why are you moving to this town? Why is this relationship shifting? Why are you making this food, spending this money, doing all these things? It's like, if you've got a clean heart about it, it's an amazing thing what can happen with that. Now, I have the right relationships, and honestly, I'm still friends and still in the role and still in the lives of a lot of those people that I started with. And really, we're friends. They've become some of my most important people who I love, and we all are in it together. And just me leaving didn't change that. And honestly, it shows a sign of health if when the leader is gone, that the people can still flourish and I hopefully contributed to developing them into leaders too that was the goal is making room for other people to grow and I know I was just a piece of it but there were a lot of contributions but putting those a lot of contributors but putting those people in their places so that they could become what they're called to be is like the greatest thing in the world to me. And I, you know, I work to not speak in superlatives. That's one of the greatest things in my world is watching somebody that I have loved and nurtured flourish. It's exciting for me. Oh, it's just so exciting. So I just want to encourage you to check yourself. What is, why am I posting this picture? Am I needing attention? Why am I doing this? Am I trying to rally people around a cause? Is this even a cause I'm supposed to rally people around? I definitely learned that there are primary things I'm supposed to do. And then there are a lot of lesser good things, quote unquote, that distract me to keep me from entering into the bigger things. And I have to fight. I have to fight, 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 fight to enter into the the things that mean the most that go to the places that are the right places that it's supposed to go to. Because it's easy to get distracted. I love cooking meals for people. I love making presents and packages. And But now I'm selective. I do it when I feel like I'm supposed to. And I cook every day. I mean cooking for other people. I don't force my hobbies. I made you these candles because I wanted you to have this in your life. That's really cool. That's really sweet. But I don't demand that they all use the crafts I make them. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like free giving really has a true healthy motive where your heart's going to be fine no matter where that thing goes, no matter what happens with it. And it's a really sweet thing to receive in a setting that is safe. And so just also you're not giving and then mad, like kind of tapping your foot, expecting something in return. And so I think that that is a really cool way to live is just sort of, I'm not going to go save the world and move away because really I don't know what to do with myself. I'm not going to force something in my life so I look really good. It's like, no, 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 no. None of that even works anyway. Everyone can see through that. Instead, 
What am I supposed to be doing? Who am I? Why am I doing this? Take care of yourself first because you have nothing to offer anyone else. You're not a, you're not getting points for being a martyr and being crazy. Like you gotta, we, we all have the ability to be crazy. We all also have the ability to be completely peaceful. Let's labor to enter into a peaceful state of mind. And when people get around us, they go, man, I love being with you. Not like, whoo, I got to recover. You know what I'm saying? Okay, guys, I hope that this made sense and that this helps you because this is one of those awkward things that I learned the hard way that I want to make sure you get. Thanks for tuning in and I'll be back to talk more soon. 